All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny. I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. This week's episode, we'll be reacting to NFL Week 7, starting off with the big news before games kicked off that the Carolina Panthers were trading star running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. We'll give our thoughts on that big move and the Panthers promptly stunning Tom Brady's Bucks with a huge blowout victory. Uh, Steelers and Patriots both lost in primetime games, both disappointing losses. We'll give our thoughts on those games as well as some other observations from the action throughout the league this weekend. We'll also talk baseball playoffs. World Series is set. The Houston Astros sweeping the New York Yankees to reach their fourth World Series in six seasons, while the Philadelphia Phillies are making their first trip to the Fall Classic since 2009, following a five-game victory over the Padres. We'll give our thoughts on both of those series and look ahead to the final one for the 2022 season. And finally, we will conclude this episode by answering five questions related to Halloween with that coming up this weekend and into the actual holiday on Monday. So with that, let's get started. So I finally got my COVID bivalent booster and my flu shot today, which if you're a veteran listener of the show, you know is a big deal because about a year ago, we counted down our top five biggest fears. And my number one, maybe irrationally, depending on who you ask, was needles. So I went and got two shots today. They actually weren't all that bad. I like barely felt anything when they went through. Like I always psych myself out way more than I need to when it comes to getting shots and I'll just never learn otherwise it's very big of you though so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah thanks um yeah so i needed to get that out of the way so i definitely feel good um <laughs> hopefully i don't you know struggle with them uh tomorrow i know that they're i've i've heard a lot of people say i've heard that the shots like this booster is like really bad it like really knocks you out but i haven't actually heard someone say that actually happened to them so I don't know what to expect, but yeah, I've only uh, gotten the first booster, but I haven't gotten anything beyond that. And that was yeah. I mean, th- this was, was a, my second booster technically. Yeah, I haven't gotten the, last December. I haven't so. gotten the second one yet. Yeah, I I figured I definitely want to do that. You know, especially since this one is supposed to help out with some of the actual variants we're seeing now. So we'll see what happens. Definitely don't want to be sick um, into the fall months. Uh, so I mentioned we did our top five fears last year i feel like we've gone through most major halloween themed top five so instead we have uh five questions halloween so we'll uh be excited to wrap up with that but start off by talking about sports and nfl week seven wasn't necessarily the most exciting week going into it given that the eagles and the bills two teams that most people probably would put as their top two in the league run buys along with the Vikings and Rams who were certainly up there. So left for 
something to be desired in terms of the matchups, but we still had some games worth talking about, and we had some huge news worth talking about to get things started. Christian McCaffrey, star running back, traded from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. This happened on Thursday night. McCaffrey actually played a little bit on the Niners' uh, Sunday loss to the Chiefs, but I guess what are your thoughts on this trade going down? Christian McCaffrey going back to his home area in San Francisco. Well, my first thought is that it is a great fit for their offense. And they traded for a running back, and they traded a lot. But, I mean, he is the best running back in the league, in my opinion. And I think he makes just as big of an impact, if not more, in the as a pass catcher than a, than a runner uh, as a running back. So if you're going to trade this much draft capital for a running back, then... He would be the guy, and it's a it's cool that he's back home where he he played at Stanford in college, and now he's like just down the road playing in San Francisco, and similar colors. So that's it's pretty cool that he's back uh, near where he played, and and it's a good fit for their offense. But at the same time, I do think it is crazy how much they gave up for a running back, even if it is Christian McCaffrey. A second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth is a lot, and Add on to that, they drafted a running back third in the third round in 2021 and the sixth round, and they drafted one in Davis Price in the third round this past season. And then Trey Sermon, the, the, again, the one that they drafted in the third round the year before, he's not even on the team anymore. So yeah, they have used release. a second, three third rounders, a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, and a sixth rounder on three running backs. And I just think the the Niners have... They've they've kind of handled their draft capital kind of poorly, and then when you add on to the fact that they they used three first, they traded three first rounders to get Trey Lance, who's not even playing, and they're not even before he got hurt, they were they haven't been very committal committed to uh, uh to Trey Lance and still have Jimmy on their team, and so I think they've kind of handled that part of it poorly, but at the same time, maybe they're kind of taking that path the LA Rams path where they they don't care about draft picks like the, the LA Rams they haven't used a first round pick since Jared Goff like, yeah, like they're just... it, it clearly worked out for the Rams the fact that they won the Super Bowl you know it took a while but so they're clearly it, the, in an all the strategy is there they're clearly so. in a they're going for it with this kind of move but at the same time okay when you watch that game versus the Falcons where they lose 28 to 14 are you thinking to yourself huh if they only had a running back they they uh they could have they could have uh, things could have gone differently. No. Giving up twenty eight to the Falcons, like a team that like never throws the football, uh and is not very good. I know I know they have three wins, but they're not a good football team. And give up twenty eight points to them. Uh, I, I don't I don't think the running back is the first issue that the first thing at the top of my list that I'm looking at in terms of uh upgrading, especially since Jeff Wilson's been fine, and then they'll get Elijah Mitchell back too, and so. I do believe McCaffrey is a great fit for their offense, but at the same time, uh, I, I I do think they gave up a lot, and I don't know if it's if it'll at the end at the end of the day it'll be worth it. Yeah, I, I think you kind of covered a lot of the the main points here. It, it's an exciting move, and you you take a guy like Christian McCaffrey, put him in the Kyle Shanahan, or I guess just Shanahan system in general, which has 
been known to just find guys off the streets. I mean, going back to Terrell Davis days in Denver with his dad, and more recently saw it with Raheem Mostert, a practice squad guy who almost single-handedly carried the Niners to the Super Bowl a few years ago. So it is interesting to see them give up this kind of capital and plug in a more than proven commodity. I mean, you're talking Christian McCaffrey. He's a guy when healthy, like you said, he's very much up there in terms of the conversation for best running back in the league. So it is a very exciting fit to see what he can do. But at the same time, you give up a ton of capital for running back, not just like any running back, but a running back on a bad contract, a lot of money, who has an injury history of the past couple of years, hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. And you, you throw him on a 49ers team who as a whole have, haven't been able to stay healthy, especially at the running back position. The, the, you talked the, about Elijah Missile. The, the, like, the combination of both is wild with McCaffrey not being healthy these past couple of seasons, along with the fact that the Niners have just had really bad injury luck as well, losing most, I think twice they've lost him for the season. And then, Losing Elijah Mitchell right out of the gate, another running, another Niners running back out of the gate again, and then, yeah, just the combination of both definitely would worry me a little bit in terms of the injury history. But it it's a big splash move that a lot of fantasy football players are like, wow, this is such such a uh, you know exciting move, and and it is uh, because McCaffrey he's definitely going to have more chances to score points. So it's exciting from that standpoint and, and real life, but it's it's that's so, that's a lot to give up for a a position that's not it's not as vital as like a quarterback or a pass rusher or a or top corner like those those positions yeah I mean running back is very much a low value position right. I think that's been pretty clear over the years and there's a reason why a lot of teams are hesitant to give out contracts to running backs where we constantly see running backs involved in holdouts and. When Christian McCaffrey got paid, I thought he was the guy that you absolutely have to, like, can't miss because he's such a versatile player. And it just hasn't been the case because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So, yeah, talent, maybe that's still there, but, you know, the best ability is availability, right? So, if uh, if he can stay on the field, if he can maintain his health, I do think he adds a huge element to a 49ers offense that already has some exciting players like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and even going to throw out Mitchell and Wilson as like other running backs they can plug in there to kind of take away a little bit of the pressure on McCaffrey. But there's definitely a lot of question marks. And now you're looking at a team that's 3-4 and four coming off a blowout loss at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know the NFC West isn't all that great, but... Uh, they they definitely need this to to work out really well in terms of turning around their team, improving their offense, and I don't know somehow helping out the defense that just gave up forty four points this week. Yeah, I, I I would have used that draft capital more on the defensive side. Yeah, you know, I, I I know coming into the season that their de- the defense was their strength, but I don't know. With it's it's not as good as I thought it would be, and and there have been no, some they've inju- dealt with some injuries. They've had some injuries too, right? too, so that's that's definitely a factor. But it's it's also not as good as I thought it would be. And I was I know I know that coming into the game, and probably rightfully so, that his snaps were going to be limited just because he just got there. But at the same time, it's a game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. You're coming off a bad loss versus Atlanta, and you know the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. Like when you want to have McCaffrey out there, like yes, he probably does know the playbook as well. But yeah, he's a running back; he's not a receiver. Uh, I, I, it makes a little bit more sense if you're if he was a re- wide receiver. 
but as a running back... Well, they had him literally reading the playbook on the plane ride from Charlotte to San Francisco. So he, he was definitely trying. Maybe it got I, to I a point it. where in the game we're like, you know what, they're, we're going to lose, so might as well just like not put him well, back Well, it was competitive there. But most it was competitive. The the, they were up 10 really nothing to, the to start the game. Yeah. It was like the fourth quarter when Kansas City really started to separate. I, I think it's just... I thought it was almost crazy that he was playing to begin with two days after being traded. I think that you're going to see a lot more involvement in the coming weeks and play the Rams on Sunday. I mean, that's a, a very historically one-sided rivalry, at least in the regular season. So uh, definitely be exciting to see what Kyle Shanahan can come up with in that matchup against John McVay, but uh, really going to have to see this uh, payoff pretty early to kind of get the Niners season on track to where we thought it would be coming into the season. And uh, this is, I don't know if Super Bowl or bust move is the right way to put it, but you're, they're very much going all in. Like the expectation is that the Niners would be able to take a step forward. And for a team that was just in the NFC championship game last year, that was kind of why the mindset was Super Bowl or bust. Or this team yeah. That their record season. doesn't show it, but their mindset should be that this is a like kind of a, yeah, like go for it kind of year especially since they were that close to making it back again to the Super Bowl last season. Yeah, of course. And I guess just like one quick thought while talking about the Niners and the Chiefs. So National Tight End Day was Sunday. Like they intentionally had to have put Travis Kelsey versus George George Kittle Kittle with Greg Olson on the broadcast. Like there's no way that was a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, literally every tight end in the league did nothing before that before <laughs> that game so yeah they, uh, those two had to do something <laughs> yeah oh and they were great I, I don't know what the final stats were but i know they both had six catches for 98 yards at one point with kittle scoring his first touchdown of the season yeah. so uh, they definitely showed out i still don't fully understand the need for national tight end day like why they made this a thing like if believing that everyone was just overlooking tight ends you know why they needed any kind of extra acknowledgement but i don't know it's, I'm it's, curious it's, it's an to see if one. other positions start to to get love like that down the road. They should do that for every uh, position if they're going to do it for tight ends. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not every position, but I'm sure <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of others the, that the, love, love. The, the big ones. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe um, even, I even think positions that are under, uh, yeah, I think it's underappreciated, like, like National, National Punters Day or something. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think those are the days that deserve the recognition. National Kickers Day and everyone misses a game-winning field goal. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, I guess on the flip side, Panthers seemingly in a rebuild sell-off. Like McCaffrey is just a start. Of course, Robbie Anderson last week. They have plenty of other veterans. A lot of guys where it's like, will they, won't they trade them? Uh, so the at this point, it seems like the Panthers is on a fast track for the number one overall pick. And yet what <laughs> happens on Sunday? They beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not just beat them. They went 21 to three. Just as, as close to a blowout win as you can have, given that this is still the Panthers and not that great of a team. But the Bucks right now, I mean, there's no other way to put oh, it. They suck right now. Oh, they suck. Like they, yeah. They are a bad football team. I'm not going to write them off. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say that they can't turn things around. But right now, they're they look just like a not team playing that good football is, at all. is still going to be a division winner because their division sucks so bad. And but, yet, but one of the reasons that, why their division sucks just beat them twenty-one to three. Yeah, I mean that they, they lost to a team that wasn't trying, <laughs> or not even trying I mean, to win, really. Or at that's least what it trying seemed to... like. This game was zero-zero until like a minute left in the second quarter, and yeah, it was just really bad. The Bucks just couldn't get anything going. I mean, Brady's completion percentage is still high, so throws for a ton of yards, but they had plenty of opportunities in the red zone. They couldn't convert. They couldn't pick up third downs and fourth downs, and. 
they're not getting a lot of production anywhere. Uh, It's really just nowhere. It's just Evans and Godwin. Uh, Godwin. I mean, I I like Godwin a lot, but I don't know again if if he's still uh, if he's one hundred percent or not. I think that's an issue gonna be an issue all year and then and then mike evans just, uh, just catch the, the ball dude. one of the worst <laughs> just drops catch it. The, just catch the yeah. ball yeah which, and that set the tone for the game yeah. right? you don't want to overreact to a play two minutes in but i think that that I, I, yeah um, steve wilkes the panthers head coach said wow like this might we might actually have a chance like this might actually be our day like that's the kind of play that results in a touchdown 99 times at 100 except this is the one time and uh yeah, the but, yeah, they can't. Get they they got. After that. They're not getting a, enough production out of in the passing game, uh, and then, and then they can't run the ball now. Uh, they're not getting a lot of Fournette recently, and then I mean, and a lot of that has to do with the offensive line because they have a lot of injuries and guys who just left uh, their old line. It's something I've talked about numerous times about how the interior of their old line is a major issue on their team. And then their defense was great in the first few weeks, but ever since, ever since the Kansas City game, it's just gone downhill ever since, and it's getting kind of exposed. Especially yeah, at the very secondary. least, they're an overrated defense. Like they're they're still a like good defense. Yeah, I, but they're I, I not thought they the were world good defense, that but, we thought they were for years. But yeah, maybe it might be a little bit overrated. And then yeah, you know what, Brady? He the it's kind of the same thing I've talked about in past weeks where. Yeah, he's like not fully engaged and he still has terrible body language and there's certainly personal things going on in his life that are affecting him and it's it's kind of like 2019 all over again where he just has that puss look on his face and he's again not engaged and by the end of the season he'll probably be I'm not going to predict if he's going to retire or not but what I will predict is that this will be his last year in Tampa. I can't. This is definitely. I can't imagine him Tampa. coming back. To There's Tampa. no way. I could totally back. see him on a different team, but or, or retiring. But I would put of the three, I would put him coming back to Tampa last. Yeah, it, it just doesn't feel realistic at this point. And Brady's part of the problem. Like it, that, like you said, it, just the way that he's acting. Like the biggest saving grace for this Bucks team is, oh, they have Tom Brady as their quarterback. But Brady has never been below 500 this late in the season. He's never at least publicly dealt with these personal issues. He's never, there's never been a time where people have questioned if he's going to retire midseason. And again, I don't want to just dismiss this team and say that whatever that over, has but... happened in the past with him where he's turned around bad starts in New England and put together like MVP caliber Super Bowl winning seasons, but it just feels like there's so much going wrong for Tampa right now. And it's hard to believe that they're going to turn things around right away. And I really don't think that we can take for granted that they're just going to win the division and make the playoffs because as easy as we can say, oh, the rest of the division sucks. They just lost to the Carolina Panthers yeah. 21 to three. Part of the reason why that division they sucks. Could and their lost. schedule is tough. They easily could have lost it's, to Atlanta if the if it weren't for that penalty Atlanta, and Atlanta gets the ball back. And I know Atlanta's offense sucks, but... Yeah, but they still would have had a chance. Right. I mean, Atlanta is the same record at 3-4. and four. Like you said, they almost beat the Bucs. You know, at least had a chance to a game when Tampa's up 21-0, the best they look. They always play the Bucks well, no matter who's at quarterback. Especially in Tampa in primetime, where they play later this year. I mean, the, the upcoming schedule for the Falcons uh, going into their bye week, and which is late, I think week 14, yep. They play two games against the Panthers. They host the Chargers. They host the Bears. They play at Washington. They host Pittsburgh. It's a lot of winnable games for them. Meanwhile, Tampa has to go out and play like a a first-place schedule. I know they have 
games against the Niners and the Rams coming up. This week they play the Ravens on a short week in primetime before that L.A. game. They have to go to Germany to play Seattle. and then they get A lot body. better than I expected. They're first in the NFC West. That blows the, I, I mean, I was going to save thought, this for later, I, but I, I the Seahawks are who we thought the Jaguars at the Lions I thought would be. Like, they are a legitimate this, football The Seahawks, team. I didn't think they'd... Like they're they're four and three right now. I thought they'd have four wins. <laughs> like oh, you're, so that means they'd have to lose the rest of the games to for me. Yeah, so after that they, they play at Cleveland, New Orleans, at San Francisco, Cincinnati, at Arizona, and then finish up with Carolina Atlanta. So the Bucks schedule is really tough. But yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, we just want to jump right to them. So I coming into the season, like during the NFC West preview, I said that I couldn't decide whether I agreed with everyone who thought that the Seahawks would be like the worst team in the league or if they would just find a way to win six or seven games because I'm like, this is a team that has a history of being a good. And I I wish that I was stronger in that conviction and be like, Seattle's going to go seven and ten because I think at this point, I mean, it, we'll see what happens from here. Like they haven't beat the greatest of competition, even the Chargers this past week. They're a banged up team. They're not as good as you thought they would no, be or like they so should have been. But they have, they're, they're still like they the have, C- uh, Seattle is a very good team at this yeah, point. So the, the very Seahawks, good considering expectations. Yeah, the Seahawks are they're obviously better than I thought they'd be. And I, I don't have any regrets on my opinions but like obviously hindsight yeah like i regret everything you know, smith pretty much i don't every- think anyone thought that he would be as competent as he's been yeah it's yeah I, I thought they'd win like yeah like four games this year and so the fact that they're in sole possession of first place blows my mind and then yeah and i, I still don't think they're a playoff team no but, i don't think they i mean are either. the the idea of seattle making the playoffs and getting a top 10 pick from the broncos just <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny yeah so yeah, so it's 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 uh, yeah they have they have uh four they're four and three but like you said they haven't had the most impressive wins they they beat the Lions who have just the worst defense ever and then and then the Chargers they're obviously not as good as I thought they would be but they've they're they are kind of cursed they, they they've they've had so many bad injuries or they they've then they've missed Kenny Allen all season they finally get him back but now they're gonna ha- not have Mike Williams. They lost Rashawn Slater, their left tackle for the entire season. They don't have Joey Bosa right now, and then they just lost J.C. Jackson to a a bad, uh, I think it was patellar tendon injury. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. And he, yeah, he's done for the yeah, year now. Which, he year. was also really bad to start things out anyway. Yeah, yeah. and, that, and then, that was and then Justin Herbert, uh, I'd imagine he's still dealing with a rib issue. And even if it weren't for the injuries, they still don't look. They're super talented, but they don't. They're not on the. Chiefs or Bills level whatsoever, and so no, I mean it's they can the still make the playoffs because I can't believe yeah, I'm saying I mean, this, they, but <laughs> they can still make the playoffs because of a bad division. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, the, the Raiders they get a win this week, yeah, but that's the only Texans, their second of the year, and then the Broncos yeah. are the, uh, just the worst team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I do think that the Chargers still have a chance to make the playoffs, and they could also be one of those teams that just kind of gets hot down the stretch when guys maybe start to get healthier like they can get it going but like you said uh, or like i have said in the past they're a curse franchise yeah, I, I anything hate, that can go wrong will analysis. go wrong and like i refuse i get to, it but i like, refuse to just, give that analysis but, but i'm at the point where now they just are. like yeah that, that's it that, just yeah. just uh I mean, move on to the next subject even though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that that's yeah that's really where they are right now and uh you know it, i guess kind of tying all things back to the box you know they're I still think that they'll find a way to do, win the vision, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. And I, I don't know. It's hard to look at this team no, as anything I, I look more at it than just getting like, into the playoffs by default. I look at it just like 2019 where 
Look at that Patriots team. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but they weren't as good as what they rec- their record showed, and they were a first round exit. I mm-hmm. could e- I could easily see something like that. The when Brady's body language is like that and is just not fully engaged, uh, I, I I don't. Yes, they can turn it around, but they, Brady Brady's it kind of starts with him. Even though like yes, they have defici- deficiencies on their O line and other parts of their team, but he kind of needs to turn th- turn things around himself, uh, it, and it kind of does start with him. And and another another way, another thing to turn for them to turn it around, they probably have to, you know, get Gronk back or make some sort of trade. Probably, I, I don't think yeah. they can do it in house. Yeah, and I, I think that Gronk's been like very back and forth. Like he was on Fox, uh, I think this Sunday, saying that he misses a locker room, but he doesn't miss the game. I don't know if that's enough to get him to come back, but I didn't necessarily think he would be a huge loss at this point. I thought they had enough other weapons, and well, Cameron Braid's also seems out like that's not now the case. too. Yeah, which I know, I out. know he's not on the same level as Gronk whatsoever, but like he was their default starting. Julio tight end, Jones and has out. been the injured player everyone thought he would be and uh Kyle Rudolph has not been a significant he's addition at tight end. And he's just a yeah. he's just a blocker at this point. Yeah. So now I, I do think that Gronk would be a great missing piece for Tampa if they can convince him to come out of retirement. But short of that happening, it's hard to see this team just magically morphing back into a Super Bowl team, even if Ryan Jensen comes back from his injury. Just because, like, just feels like there's so much going wrong with that team right now. I think I, I, it feels like, I, I mean, there's definitely recency bias, but I feel like there's more going wrong right now than there was ever in the, the 2020 season when it was not going well. Oh, but yeah. Then turned it right. around. I mean, there, that there 2020 team, they team. were losing to good football teams. This yeah, the, the, Bucks yeah, team the, is losing to bad They're losing to teams. terrible teams. Teams are, are, again, like, purposely. I don't want to say purposely losing. That's probably not the best way to put it. But they're, the Panthers, the, the are, Panthers' like intentions are to be at the top of the draft. Off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're a team that looks like they should be the number one overall pick, and they just weren't. And not only did they lose, they lost the, bad. Yeah, three points against that team, and yeah, it, it just not, it does not look good. Uh, I guess talking about Atlanta, they play the Bengals this week. I think it was very clear that this team cannot win just by running the football in a shootout like they need to get something in a passing I would love to see Desmond Ritter take over for Marcus Mariota I'm sure that Kyle Pitts and Drake London fantasy owners would agree with that as well yeah I, I don't uh, I don't get it like you're losing by what was it three or four touchdowns and you you, you throw the I don't care who's at quarterback you throw it only 17 times that's that's yeah that's, it's uh, insane that's just bad coaching uh, I, I don't they're, I don't get what's going on there. Yeah, I, I heard people saying they're just practicing for next week. They're like, okay, let's, you know, we got Carolina next week. Let's just get some extra reps before practice this week. Uh, on the flip side, I, I am very happy that I have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow on one of my fantasy teams. So that way I can enjoy these like vintage 2019 LSU performances like everyone else. And Burrow, 400 yards passing, Chase went off. Bengals, a lot of people are feeling really good about them. I, I think do. that there's some people who think they're back, but I'm also, well, I don't let know. Me, let I'm, me, not, let me, I'm not fully convinced. Let me rephrase it. I, I'm still high on the Bengals. They're after the Bills and Chiefs. Like I, I, I strongly believe those are the top two. Everyone is fighting for third. I know that things can happen in the playoffs, but I will say, like, if I had to pick who the next best team is after those two in the AFC, I would lean with Cincinnati. So I 
I'm very back and forth when it comes to who I think the third best team is. But here's a take. I think the Bengals are going to lose to the Browns next week. And I think that they're going to, it's going to kind of go back to where they were in the beginning of the season. Not saying like their season is over or anything, but I think we're going to get a big come down. And first of all, I'm going to say Cleveland got screwed this week in terms of the Mari Cooper pass interference call, one of those that maybe it's textbook PI, but it never gets called. And then yeah, you see, calling you them for his, a phantom false start when the Ravens out, jumped. Or he puts his arm out, yeah. but he, it's not like Marcus Peters like <laughs> got... Oh, no, he didn't get thrown to the ground. Yeah. He didn't fall over. It's something that they never call. And then the they called a false start on the field goal try when the Ravens were the ones who jumped and that turned a 51 yard or 56 yard kick that would have been a first down if they correctly called neutral zone infraction into a 61 yard kick that got blocked didn't have a chance at Cleveland loss when that Amari touchdown happened I figured that it was OPI just because of Amari's reaction where he didn't he didn't like get mad or anything maybe that's just his personality but he didn't really fight the call but then all of a sudden you see in the replay like they really call that <laughs> like, ticky tack, yeah. I, 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 yeah, that that wasn't the best call. No, but the the uh, false start was even more egregious. Just looking at the replays, like no one moved on Cleveland. Baltimore had two guys jump. Right. Nobody on Cleveland. And they called on Cleveland. So Cleveland got screwed. Browns are three and zero against Joe Burrow in his short career. Now it has to be said that Burrow threw seven hundred total yards in the two losses in twenty twenty. Last year they got blown out in Cincinnati, but I do think that Monday Night Football. Halloween Browns like their season is pretty much over at this point now that they're two and five I don't think it's going to turn things around but I do think Cleveland's going to win and it's going to be like oh maybe Cleveland's back and uh, Cincinnati you know just when we think that they're looking like the team that went to the Super Bowl last season they they get another come down that that's my prediction for this week and uh, I guess transition from there speaking of Monday Night Football Patriots played the Bears on Monday Night Football and uh Talk about a whirlwind of emotions for you in this one. Oh, that that was that was pathetic. That was as that's as low as it gets for. Speaking of low points, uh, (laughs) uh, it's as low as it gets for Brady uh, for the Bucks. This is as low as it gets for Belichick uh, in the post Brady era. Like the fact that it happened two times, two different occasions, but on the same weekend. That's just wild. Uh, But yeah, that's as pathetic uh, as a loss uh, as it gets, and. I do put the blame on Belichick because there is a lot of uncertainty on who is going to be the starting quarterback all week. And is it going to be back? Is it going to, is he going to come back from his injury or is it going to be Bailey Zappi? Are they going to stick with them? And then, and then coming into the game, it's like, okay, Mac is expected to play. He's like, all right, like, is he going to play? Is he not? But then all of a sudden, okay, they, they rule him active. And then all of a sudden he's this, He's the starter, but then all of a sudden, guys like Schefter and others are saying, "Well, it's going to be both guys. Both guys are going to play." <laughs> yeah, just it's like, well, okay, uh-huh. I think that doesn't that doesn't help. And treating it like a Mac game, like like this is Alabama in Week One of 2018. Like, oh, both Jalen Hurts and two are going to play in this one. We're going to wait to decide who our starter is because we're going to win by 40 anyway. And and then so Mac goes out there and he gets a couple three and outs, and then he throws this bad interception. And everyone, including myself, wanted Zappy out there, and we got our wish. And he throws a couple of touchdowns, like we're back in it, and like it's like All right, we're gonna roll over this team. But then all of a sudden, the the Patriots defense couldn't stop anything, and 
the Bears, who Bears don't score any points. They've averaged like 15 points a game this year. <laughs> they scored 33 I, points. I, Just ran the ball 250 yards. Like, you know that's ran, what they're going to do. They ran all <laughs> over the, the Patriots defense. Like you said, 200. What was it again? 250? Two, I, I think 250. I don't know the exact number if you want to look it yeah, up, but it was it was significant. Yeah, it was a lot. It and, it had, and a lot yeah. of... A lot of uh, designed runs for fields too and so yeah i still hate what's around this is a, i still hate what's surrounding fields but i do like that i do like the the plays that they're running for him better yeah i think this game was like what justin fields needed yeah. because there's been a lot of like questions about him just given how things have gone but even if it was mostly because of what he did on the ground and not with his arm i think that the potential was like really shown in this one so as much as you can say oh this was the mac jones bailey zappy game this is really the Justin Fields yeah, it, game. It was, and he definitely was the, the best player on the field that day. But, I mean, as, as much credit goes to him, at the same time, I, I the, this game is way more on the Patriots losing this game to the Bears. Like, I, yes, maybe the Bears are another team that's probably better than I give him credit for, but I still, uh, I still think so. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I think the Patriots blew it. And, again, I think a lot of the blame has to go to Belichick with all the uncertainty at the quarterback position because I think – I think he left Mac Jones out to dry. I'm, I'll admit, I'm a zappy guy, and I've never, I'm not the biggest Mac Jones guy, but I do think they're screwing him over with how everything was, everything that's been going on with Mac Jones. Where, you know, in training camp, it's been a disaster, and they lose McDaniel's and they replace them with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, and the offense looks like a complete crap show in training camp and the preseason, and and then even the beginning of the season. Now. Mac Jones has some blame too uh, with all the turnovers that's happened that he's been, you know, giving up. But at the same time, I, I just I hate how they're handling his development. I, I like there's nothing I hate more <laughs> in football than a promising young quarterback that has all the potential but is just not in a good situation. And and I mean, yes, Mac Jones is not as talented as those other guys that are drafted ahead of him, but I thought he showed that he he could play in his rookie season but he looked like the best rookie in terms of putting it all together and, and i think situationally it was part of that and he's turned the ball over the ball over too much and he's a little underwhelming at times but i put way more blame on the coaching staff uh for it almost for, feels like they're sabotaging him I and mean, you just even look at the play calling that mac jones yeah, gets he got, versus it was like, what it they was do like with like run, run and then incomplete uh, pass and then like to Thornton and then the next drive it was in- run run and then a drop by Damian Harris and when when Bailey Zappi uh, hit Jacoby Myers for that touchdown I was like wow this is awesome like Bailey Zappi's the man but then thinking to myself why didn't they run this kind of play for Mac Jones when he was in there right and, and my yeah, thought that's is a great question maybe this is kind of a conspiracy conspiracy theory but maybe after he had that horrible turnover maybe Patricia and or judge where you know we're telling Bill like hey let's 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 put in Zappy like because maybe they don't fully trust Mac Jones I mean because I mean look look at Dak Prescott in his first game he kind of sucked versus the Lions but they still stuck oh, with he him definitely struggled because out of the gate. Yeah. he's an established quarterback but I, I think I think though all those reports of Mac Jones and Bailey Zappy were both getting playing time I think that was just kind of a cop-out for Bill uh so yeah you know if it didn't go well then he can put Bailey Zappi in and 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 you know not be at fault, but I don't know. I, I didn't like how that was all handled. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like he really mismanaged that situation. And then in the reporters after the game were questioning about everything, and I don't think he gave any kind of no. significant answer. Like, he said that, well, the game got out of hand. It wasn't worth putting Mac Jones in. But he was very unclear about what the plan was during the week. You know, he made it seem like, oh, this was the whole time. They both knew they were going to play. But there was no, like, Mac Jones is playing three series. He said that he wasn't. You're, on that kind of schedule, but also said he wasn't benched because of performance. You're, you're, you're not doing, Stanley got taken out after a pick. You're not only doing a disservice to Mac Jones, but you're kind of doing a disservice to other players as well, and and oh, Matt yeah. Patricia and Joe Judge. Because wouldn't it be, you know, those guys aren't exactly, you know, expert offensive-minded coaches. Like, wouldn't I know they're kind of similar skill sets when it comes to Jones and Zappy, but wouldn't you want to know the beginning of the week, like, hey, he's going to be the guy. Here's how we're going to game plan. Uh, for this for this week versus this team and but because you had a game plan for both it's like it, I, I feel like that creates a little bit more chaos for and then not only just the coaches but Myers uh, Jacoby Myers wasn't really thrilled with how that was all handled with you know the crowd chanting for Zappy and booing Mac and and him and Ramondre like they didn't they didn't know who they didn't know that that was the plan coming in like having those which is crazy and those aren't scrubs like those are two of our best offensive players yeah i mean it it just seems like such a poorly handled situation and i don't really know what to expect moving forward i mean it it's not like like zappy went from great with two touchdowns to turning the ball over three times as the game slowly got out of hand do you just go back to mac jones and pretend like nothing happened Do you stick with zappy give him another chance I think that the Patriots need to make that decision ASAP. Like, it can't be one of those, like, oh, we'll find out who the starter is at 12.55 or even after kickoff, whoever runs out on the field. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bill decides to take that approach because it feels like he's been doing that with the quarterback situation and Mac Jones' health also. I hate I hate that report, too, because what if Mac Jones came in there and he threw two touchdowns, like, on his first two drives instead of two three and outs? Do you still Like, do you just put in yeah. Zappy? Like, in, right? Like, <laughs> no, like, you're going to stick with Mac the entire time. And so I yeah. I, I I hated how that was all handled, and I don't want to say that's the biggest reason why they lost. It, it, it's it's definitely the defense giving up thirty three points to a Bears. Yeah, of course, the, the just, defense was a big part of the problem. That was the biggest and, issue, but the bigger story. Trent Brown, a lot of penalties. Like, yeah, they, they yeah. just got killed uh, on the line, and, and the Bears of all teams, <laughs> like their offense, uh, completely wrecked the Patriots' defense, and and so like that's the biggest reason why they lost, but. I just I I the, the bigger storyline is definitely the the quarterback situation uh and you know what another thing is I I I'm willing to bet that you know the reason why Belichick put that out there that Jones and Zappy were going to get playing time is because I don't think I don't think Bill took uh the Bears seriously. Now, it's easy for me, a fan just watching on TV, you know, not uh-huh, take the Bears say. seriously. I don't take them seriously, but you know the the coaches and the players out there needing to get the job they done. They're to. the ones, yeah. even even if you know the team kind of sucks, like you still need to take them more seriously. Yeah, and that that was the comment I said, where they just thinking like this is some Mac team, like you're just 
<laughs> beginning of the schedule, like let's see what we have with our two quarterbacks, not ready to commit one of, to one of them just based off of training camp. And that's just, that's what it felt like uh, based off that report that they wouldn't take the Bears seriously, which is crazy because Bill Belichick was glowing about the Bears all week. Like he always Anytime does. Anytime he's that teams, glowing and... of a team, it usually, it really means that he thinks the other team's ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely what it feels like. Uh, you know, him and Saban are both the same way with uh, how they talk about other teams. And I think that, yeah, that's certainly something to, to kind of factor in is was it just a case of not taking the bear seriously and that's just it's led to what it. you saw yeah, yeah. so uh, i guess just real quickly did you watch the manning cast at all tune into bill burr i did not i know i know it was bill burr but i was too yeah he to was watch on it. for the third quarter <laughs> no i, I figure I, I i wasn't sure because i know last year the two Steelers monday night games i wasn't watching the manning cast um, is there a, I can did, i rewatch it on it. youtube because if because because if you can then so. i would definitely i mean it. it was fine it's basically him just like complaining about the patriots and like i mean i'll be all for that bill burr complaining yeah. like that, that thing. Uh, oh no it was much more yeah much more of that like complaining that they only asked about the patriots losses and none of the wins like talking <laughs> about the super bowl that they lost in 85 and uh yeah no, no that, they, they had a fun that time sounds, that, no that sounds great because I, I remember one time he came on conan after a super bowl lo- it was the eagles one he came out oh, really? he came on yeah. the day after uh they lost yeah. the eagles and and in the middle of you know talking with conan he's like i knew that picking today was gonna suck because if they won well then i come <laughs> here and i gloat about it and i look like and I, and I look bad but then if i come on here after a loss then it's like great like <laughs> i have to hear about it from people so it's not a win, uh, it's a lose-lose situation coming on the next day after no matter what happens <laughs> yeah now i mean i i know you're a big fan of no yeah no i i did your, see your i did see that countdown. he was a guest but uh one i yeah, kind of forgot Obama, about it on. and then you know another thing is i you know, believe it or not, I I like Joe Joe Buck more than I used to. I'm glad and that you finally he, come I around. I think him on and Aikman. It it was it's weird at first after you know all these years being on Fox, but those guys are so much better than what they've had in these past oh, years of, not of like close. you know Jason Witten and Booger. Yeah, Booger and <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a, it's a much much needed upgrade in the in the booth when those two guys uh, are in it compared to what they've had in the past. So. For sure, I know it's gonna be weird having a Super Bowl called by Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Yeah, the, yeah like, the, the instead of and Joe those and guys Troy. do a good job. Well, they do like a yeah Saturday Night Wild Card game. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, no, they they have been good, but it, it is gonna be different just because like I, it doesn't feel like those two. It's like you hear those two, it doesn't register that this is a big game yet, like it does with Joe Buck and Trey. It feels like a bigger game though that when they're on Monday night because Monday night game. Before oh, yeah. they came no, on these last few years, it's like this. This game's a joke with when you combine it with you know Tessator yeah. and 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 Tessator yeah. is good with boxing and other yeah, stuff, I, but like he's yeah, not. I he's think not he's a good great college football, football like, or, or he's not a great NFL announcer. NFL, yeah. No, I think he's a solid college football yeah, guy. I, I, um, yeah, and even like the last few years, like Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. And those and guys are Riddick. okay. Like, they're, just, they're, not, they're not exciting. It's not. Yeah, like, it's it, it's much better with. Buck and Aikman in the booth. Yeah, which definitely complicates the Manning cast this year because it's like, oh, I want to listen to Joe and Troy, but I also want to listen to Peyton and Eli. So if, if it's a legit bad game on Monday night, then then maybe I'll tune into the Manning cast a little bit more. That's yeah. pre- that's probably yeah, my which... process. Like, if it's a legit bad game, then I'll I'll put on the Manning cast. But if it's yeah, if it's I mean a, the, the guests also. If it's a really good game, role, or but... if it's 
a, a game where the Patriots are in it, like yesterday, then then I'll I'm gonna watch the actual. Broadcast. You'll want the real thing. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. So, uh, Patriots weren't the only one of our two teams who played in prime time. Steelers also did, and uh, went into the game with little expectations. Looked like things would get ugly early on with how the Dolphins were seamlessly moving the ball in the Steelers' defense, and quickly became a thirteen nothing lead, but. Overall, the Steelers defense stepped up and it, it looked like a very winnable game and it was a very unfortunate ending with Kenny Pickett throwing not one but two interceptions in the final three minutes and a really tough 16-10 to 10 loss. It felt like the Steelers could have maybe turned their season around with a win, but now they're sitting at 2-5 and five and it's hard to feel any better about this team than I did a couple weeks ago after that Bills loss. Yeah, the, the Dolphins aren't some juggernaut but I did come into that game thinking, all right, that I thought this would be a blowout. And yeah, two was back. Tr- you know, they would get things right. It was trending that way. You know, two was back, and they get that quick touchdown with Mostert and both Tyreek and Waddle. They had you know solid games, but yeah, I, I just thought I I thought it would be a blowout. <laughs> but because they were in it, yeah, the Steelers definitely had a a chance to win that game and turn their season around, especially getting a, a, a big win versus Tampa. That's, but yeah, that the defense definitely, definitely showed up, especially in the second half because there wasn't a single point mm-hmm. scored. In the oh second yeah. Half. No, no points in the second half. And yeah. you know, Kenny Pickett on that last drive, he, he, uh, you know, he's not great. Like, he's a rookie, but he, that fourth down throw to Fryermuth was very impressive. That was awesome. That was a very impressive yeah. throw. And, and a, a throw and like that follow- shows, promise that like you know what this is not a, a, a bust or you know a first round pick that's just going to be gone right away but at the same time like that throw that last throw was that was awful it's just I don't understand what he was thinking there and it, it's you can live with mistakes when like from a rookie quarterback when they make great plays I mean you saw really the best of both worlds with finding Fryermuth over the middle, fourth and six, tight window, and then just passing up on what looked like an easy first down with his legs out of bounds by trying to force a ball to Deontay Johnson in the end zone that he should not have thrown and just a really horrible way to lose after forcing a ball to him on third and 16 just a few minutes earlier on the last possession. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to look at Kenny Pickett right now because it's like, I want to believe that he's the guy and I'm definitely not going to give up on him. But at the same time, it's like, it's easy for people to pick on him. Yeah, the, Throw that, in the fact that his last name is his last Pickett. Pickett and yeah. it's, just, <laughs> it's like Grant Balfour so with the, with the, yeah. with the It's hard to see like other people talking about him and like wanting to defend him and say, but here's the thing. I, I think it's ridiculous for Steelers fans to give up on him. It's like, Oh, he's not big Ben. Okay. First of all, he's played three games. You're comparing him to an 18 year hall of famer. And if you want to go back to Rossberger's rookie season, he won Rookie of the Year. He threw for 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Those are good numbers for a rookie. Those aren't great numbers. He had nine pro bowlers, three on his offensive line alone, including two first-team all-pros in Alan Fanica and Jeff Hardings, first-team all-pros and pro bowlers on defense, pro bowl wide receiver Heinz Ward, pro bowl running back Jerome Bettis. That Steelers team was built to be great. He elevated them from like 11-5 and five to 15-1, and one, but... It wasn't like Big Ben was leading this ragtag group with a terrible offensive coordinator, not great offensive line, offensive weapons that haven't lived up to potential, and a defense that isn't as great as it had been because that's what the Steelers are right now. So, yeah, it sucks seeing Kenny Pickett throw a couple interceptions late, but I don't think that 
anyone should be you know, saying he he's not the guy that, because that, that's, yeah, that's it crazy. makes no sense to give up on him. He's shown a lot of promise this season, and it. It's no, there definitely been moments for him where, to I, lose where I like that. There definitely been moments where I've looked at him and was like, you know what, he could he could be a a quarterback in this league. And then there have been moments like a, that last throw where it's like, oh man, like that's that's not a great look. And you don't that, a throw like that does not give you full confidence in 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 picking. No, and I think I think the question with him is whether he's going to be a Big Ben or an Andy Dalton. And you know Andy Dalton's serviceable. He led the Bengals to the playoffs. He also threw multiple he... pick sixes just this past week. Yeah, he. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I guess we're talking Andy Dalton. I know what you mean, like Cincinnati. You, do you, but do you yeah. think it's either okay, Big Ben, you know, future Hall of Famer, or Andy Dalton, a first round pick who's still in the league but is really not that great. Technically a second round pick, but yeah, oh, I mean, he was, he was good round. enough okay. to be. Yeah, he was like the the second or. Th- I think like 34th overall. Oh, okay. uh, but yeah, so he, Andy Dalton was someone who was good enough to lead the Bengals to the playoffs, good enough to get a second contract, good enough to be a leader of that team. But not but good once enough he has to that really contract, make a, a huge difference in becoming a contender. No, he was a, an above average quarterback at best. He was never a great quarterback. And that's something that I think is the question that we're going to find out with Kenny Pickett. I think it's way too early to answer that. I think there's potential on both sides. So uh, I mean, it, interceptions were the story of this game. It was Steelers threw three interceptions. Dolphins two, threw four, two, but two, the Steelers uh, didn't catch any of them. He had a good game, but at the same time, it could have been so much worse. He had they, they had four dropped interceptions, four drop picks. Like he got totally bailed out, yeah. and the first two were both in field goal range. So if the Steelers come away with them, that's six points off the board. That's ten ten right there, and the other two would have set up the Steelers with short shorter uh drives that they need to go and i obviously like you know it dropped interception in the first quarter who knows how that changes the momentum if you actually pick it off but it's easy to kind of look at it and say like that was just as much the difference as you know kenny pickett actually throwing those picks so uh definitely frustrating as great as the defense was you got to come down with at least one of those balls to drop four in one game is unreal yeah that's 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 not a great look for their defense even though they they played well yeah, you gotta take advantage the, of those opportunities. Yeah, I mean the the two by Levi Wallace would have been tougher plays, but Cam Sutton was right to him, Terrell Edmonds right to him. It, it could have been a totally different game, and that that's another thing where it's it's easy to look at you know the result and point to Kenny Pickett, but there's just there is so much other stuff like missed opportunities really on both sides. But yeah, definitely a, a tough loss to the Steelers. Now they got to go play the undefeated Eagles before going in the bye, and. You know, if they I, lost I that like game, I feel much better Eagles, about three and five than the two. The Eagles and six. are going to lose at some point, but I don't. I don't. Like I don't think it's going to be game. this week. No, I. I don't at all. The Steelers have not played great in Philadelphia over the years, even when they're the better team. I can't imagine how things are going to go when they're the worst team. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, it, it's reasonable for both of us to feel pretty down about our teams. I think both still have schedules that it's like maybe there's an opportunity to turn things around, but. It's uh, it's hard to feel very optimistic. No, th- about this was a Patriots stretch for the Patriots right that they got to take advantage of because they're not a team that can really contend. But even without Brady, they're still a team that can take advantage of totally inept teams. And I still believe the Bears are a team that's not very <laughs> good, and they uh-huh. they not only lost to them but can got their ass kicked basically. And yeah, that that a game like that does not give me confidence, and I I still didn't think they were a playoff team even if they won that game because they have a really tough stretch in December where I'd imagine that's where things would trend down. But the fact that you're already losing at this point in the season, 
and now you're facing a Jets team that is not a pushover team. That and I still think Zach Wilson sucks, but but you know he's he's efficient. He did enough. Yeah, he did all he needed to do to win that game in Denver. But but the Jets uh, are, and, and that was the most right points now. that the Broncos have allowed at home. So sixteen. <laughs> Yeah, no. These two of the next three, those are big games. How things go against the Jets, I think, is going to be very meaningful for the rest of the Patriots season. You know, opportunities to beat a division rival that you've had their number in recent years, or you're just going to prove that yeah, the Patriots are the fourth best team in this division, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens next year. So, in between those two Jets games, Patriots play the Colts. I think this is kind of the last one I want to talk about. Are you ready to admit that the Titans are probably going to win the AFC South at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Mostly by default. Not saying they're a great team. Not saying they're going to go out and win playoff games. But I, I think after beating the Colts for the second game this season, I mean, the, the Titans are a decent football yeah, the, team. Everyone else in the division is bad. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's probably a good way to put it. Because <laughs> I, th- I, I think the Titans are really well coached football. The fact that Vrabel has them at four and two, like he... Like he I'm oh, not saying he should be. He should win awesome again, but he should coach. be in the running again for coaching the year because uh-huh. that team is. Yeah, he's he's great. He's and... that team. That team does not have a lot of talent at all, but they're well coached, and the the rest of the division, yeah, the rest of the division blows. And now, and yeah, now Matt Ryan is now benched, and I think it has something to do with injury, but he, he hasn't performed <sighs> unless that well they either. put him on IR and say he's done for the year. Like it sounds like they're actually saying, yeah, we're done with the Matt Ryan experience. <laughs> Let's give Sam Ellinger a try. And it's see weird. What happens. It, it's weird how Frank Wright said that, like, yeah, we, we're going to go with Sam Ellinger. You know, we, we've, 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 we've failed Matt Ryan, but then all of a sudden say like, no, we're like, we're benching him. <laughs> we're like, yeah, <laughs> you, he could have handled that a little bit better. Or like, you know what? Like we're going to give Matt, you know, some time off, you know, uh, you know, recover. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, no, I, you're just straight up benching him for Sam Ellinger. <laughs> so I wish that I was stronger in my conviction that the Seahawks would be a good, okay football and then team, the not a terrible football not team, good. and that Matt Ryan would be a downgrade from Carson Wentz. Like, I, I was just like, ah, I don't know that he's an upgrade. I don't think the Colt, like, I still think the Titans are the team to beat. And part of that is I think it's hard to – argue a subject with people when you're one on two and you're not that passionate about it like i wasn't like oh i'm (laughs) convinced matt ryan's gonna suck (laughs) yeah right like that's that just wasn't me so like when you and kenny are both saying that the tight the colts are the team to be there matt ryan's gonna come in and like make this team the playoff team they're supposed to be it's like "Ah, i don't know know, but i'm not gonna sit here and get an argument over it a four seed like you did i know you're oh the colts are going all the way but like I'm just high on them on this particular division. Like any other division, yeah, I'm and like, I'd I put be more of my but, focus but, on the Titans than I did the Colts. Yeah, but, in my yeah, if it's just this division, like yes, I like them. But yeah, you know, they're still three. They're still three, three and one. They're this, still a they are. Team. It's it's not over they're, yet. It's not really, but it's it's not really over. But God, losing they the don't Titans feel twice, like a three, three and, and, and not one just losing them, team. like actually, like really, not even make it close. Uh, yeah, just did not play well. This they haven't had. I mean, the Titans. Ryan Tannehill got hurt most of this year. I'll, I'll admit, it's uh, kind of which has been speaking, bad. But even so, yeah. Jonathan Taylor's dealt with injuries, and then I mean, Matt Ryan, his arm is shot. He just can't play quarterback anymore, and it's it's sad to see. Like it felt like that kind of came out of nowhere because I thought he was still competent in Atlanta, but yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, he'd I mean, be, he just can't play anymore. That I thought would be rejuvenated, being on a different mm-hmm. team, and 
I mean, it's not. He's not Wilson. <laughs> he's not Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. It's not that bad. But, yeah, uh, but I mean, it, it's not that bad given the contract. That's but what he I meant. Is, like given the in contract, terms of football play, capital. like it is, it is significantly yeah. worse. Like it is. Yeah, it, it's really bad. Like I think it's beyond just an injury with Matt Ryan and. um sad sad way for him to go out but that's been the life of the colts, the colts and the colts uh ever since andrew luck retired that's it's been as bad as it gets at the quarterback position for them oh yeah really bad and i think it's only a matter of time now before frank reich and chris ballard pay the price yeah, by and, losing their yeah, jobs I'd, I'd imagine that they'll be gone very likely yeah unless somehow sam ellinger is like <laughs> this hidden gem but if you're relying, if you're relying on him to save the day you're probably <laughs> out yeah yeah, it's uh not looking very good. You know, Jaguars just lost to the Giants, Texans lost to the Raiders, and both of them are uh very much looking like the same teams from the past couple of years, and at least not that much better than them to the point that either of them are a threat to Tennessee. It's it's a Titans division to lose at this point. So still too early, but it does feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean when you're already two and zero against the second place team, it, it doesn't feel that early anymore, which is crazy that the Colts have already played five division games. Don't play another to week eighteen. Uh but anyway, that's all I have in terms of uh NFL week seven. You know, we definitely had a lot to talk about, even though we didn't have a ton of marquee matchups this week. But with that, let's talk a little baseball. And we have our World Series set. So let's start with the ALCS. And uh I gotta say I think that this was exactly how I would have wanted the Yankees season to go down because as fun as it would have been for them to lose to Cleveland and like that really young guardians team in the first round, just getting swept embarrassed by the Houston Astros. Once again, I I think that that's just a very fun way for that team to have what looked like a historic season come crashing to a horrifying end. I do like how Pedro, you know, at the end of the at at the end of the game, you know, the post game, the the, the last thing he said is like, "Who's your daddy?" <laughs> Houston Astros are the Yankees' daddy. Fourth time in what since 2015. So 2015 wild card game before like the Astros became the Astros. Then 2017 ALCS, 2019 ALCS, and now the 2022 ALCS. Yankees knocked out by the Astros and. This one wasn't even competitive. I mean, Houston is way better than New York. I think that that was a question that was being asked throughout the season. And there were times they played head to head where it looked like that was the case. And this series confirmed it. The Yankees offense was inept. Like they couldn't do anything. (laughs) He was awful. I mean, Harrison Bader had a few home runs. I mean, that that trade deadline acquisition finally somewhat paid dividends for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Yankees offense couldn't do anything. I, I think they scored, what, four runs through the first three games. They had one hit going into the ninth inning in game three. And then game four, it seemed like, oh, all right, they're going to avoid the sweep. They get off to a, an early 3 nothing lead. And then Jeremy Pena, three-run homer. And uh, the Yankees, they, they put together a little bit of offense, but still not enough. Just clear that Houston dominated them in every fashion throughout the series. You know, as much- Oh, and also Aaron Judge was the last out. Yeah, that, so. that was... That was pretty, uh, you know, pretty, that, was, that was kind of a coincidence that it was him finishing the, you know, the last at bat of their season. But yeah. you know, as much as I enjoy the Yan- the Yankees losing, at the same time, I do feel like a loser, like 
enjoying their loss <laughs> because like the Red Sox finished last. Like Red Sox, I know. I it's like it'd be it. the other and way I... through the other way around. Like the Red Sox just lo- they lost in the ALCS to the same exact team just last year, and it's like, well, at least we're not the Yankees, you know. <laughs> but so so I kind of feel like I a loser get, saying that. I get that attitude, yeah. and I I understand it, and I think the biggest way to justify it is that the Red Sox have had so much more success than the Yankees that. It's great to see the Yankees go down, and I think it goes beyond just the Yankees as a baseball team, and this is where the fan part of it really comes into play, because Yankees fans Oh, they went nuts after they so beat the Guardians. Yeah. Chanting that we want, we want Houston. Right. Okay, no, you don't want Houston. They are so obnoxious. They're just so full of themselves. The whole 27 rings crowd... There are people saying that they've been alive for one. Like maybe they were like a toddler back in the late 90s, 2000 when they <laughs> won those World Series. They had nothing to do with any of those rings. Like they they didn't get to enjoy that team. They're just living off the past before they were born. And it's just like the Red Sox had a very long stretch of time where they were, they were not the, just this cursed team, cursed, 86 years without a World, World Series. series. In this, uh... Yeah, they, four since then. And it's just like, Oh, I hear all these stories about how much it sucked to be a Red Sox fan with like our parents growing up, but we have only known them to be a really successful team that finds a way to win the World Series every dead few last years. Or winning and that's how yeah. that's how Yankees fans act. They're just not that team. Like they had the one World Series win in two thousand nine where they bought where they, every player. They bought the team they bought and they haven't been back since. Mark Teixeira. Mark Teixeira, yeah. Yeah, and they've lost five straight ALCSs. That's a record. Five in a row. But yeah, they haven't this even team been back just gets to the World so close since. Yeah, and it it's just sad to to see like these this great Yankees team. Like not sad, like it's it's amazing to see it. But it's just like the way that they're viewed still, and it's just I mean they're no better than the Dallas Cowboys right now. <laughs> like who they're they're still living off the past in the '90s, and they haven't been in an NFC Championship game in almost 30 years. It's the same thing with the Yankees at this point. Yeah. No, no, the thing is like, about their fans is that it wasn't that full of a stadium. Like, there, there were pictures of oh, uh, I know of uh, a lot yeah. of empty seats in that stadium too. Yeah, I don't know. It was the weather a maybe factor? Weather was a Am factor. I just maybe just the fact I know that it was it delayed so much to go Sunday to a game night? Is probably a factor too. It didn't though. Dude, get in price for game was like twenty bucks. Oh, I, okay, I did not. You know could, that. yeah, no, it was not like you had to pay hundreds of dollars. It was really sad that they didn't have a full house for game four of the ALCS. Yeah, that's so. You know, looking at it from the other side though, for Houston, yeah, they 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 still shown that they're a juggernaut even without that stuff, which is which is kind of my point that even though, like, yeah, it's bad what they did, but they're still really good even without that. I, stuff. I think they're the Barry Bonds of twenty first century baseball teams, in that they didn't need to cheat to win, or you know, they maybe they did, but they didn't need to cheat to be good. Barry Bonds didn't need to cheat to be a Hall of Famer. He took steroids and became, you know, statistically one of the best ever. Even with the spy game deflate gate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Astros are the same way. Like, they're just a juggernaut every single year. And I get people still hating them because of 2017, but I just don't have those feelings toward this team. And they're a fun baseball team. They have fun players. And, yeah, I mean, I I like seeing them win. I love that Trey Mancini is in the World Series because of them. Like uh, Christian Vasquez too. Christian Vasquez as well. Yeah, I mean, he was a you know you take him off the Red Sox, you don't take the Red Sox out of Christian Vasquez. He had a huge hit in Game Three that buried the Yankees. So yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, 
the Astros are kind of on a mission to prove that they're still that great team. But at the same time, you know, the, the, if, if they go in this World Series and they blow it again, you know, people can say, third well, time. you know, you won one, but it was that, that year where you're banging the trash cans. But ever since you've lost, you know, they've lost two World Series, World Series in the past yeah. uh, few years now. Three years. And now it could be yeah, three out 19, of four. 19, 21, 22. And, and the, maybe that's their punishment is that they keep going back to the World Series and keep losing because you know baseball didn't come down on them in any other way but yeah um i don't know i i have no animosity toward the astros especially when they own the yankees like this and they just ended they their don't season even have springer or carrera on the team no they, they no i mean it's have, it's like, totally two of their best players and, and yeah they, was a, springer was world series mvp and so they can Continue to just bring out different guys. Like their farm system is awesome. Jordan Alvarez is great. Uh, Jeremy Pena, I think he was a rookie this year. Yeah, like he, he's he awesome. They, MVP. Like he's, he's yeah, made a difference. Yeah, I mean they they are very well oiled machine, and uh, you know it sucks that they did that. You know it's definitely tainted things with them, but I think that it it's becoming more and more clear that they didn't need to do what they did to be this type of team. And it's just all about karma at this point over whether or not they won another world series. Also, before we jump too far past the Yankees, we got to talk about the fact that Aaron Boone was showing them videos of the Red Sox coming back from three Oh down in the 2004 ALCS as a motivational tool for the Yankees, like highlights of the I'm Yankees. <laughs> The worst collapse ever and saying, hey, this this is how we should be motivated. Look at what the Red Sox did to us in 2004. Let's let's be that team. Just just a, a horrible look. Uh, Michael Kay, their uh, longtime yeah. broadcaster, yeah. he went completely off. He, he made the comparison. It would be like showing Lincoln's family uh, a video of Lincoln getting shot in the theater saying, here, this is how you avoid getting shot in the theater. <laughs> just wild analogy i'm sure he's a nice uh, just, guy but he his his calls kind of annoy me Michael well Hayes. hey duh yankees lose oh i know it'd just be a long <laughs> yeah, long, long fly out yeah. yeah no i i um i i'm taking so much joy in the, the yankees losing the whole exit velocity conversation the, the, oh, they should have closed the roof in game two oh, like how does aaron yeah, judge that, not that was, a home run <laughs> yeah just just a funny aaron, funny aaron series judge, he, he Luckily, he was the one guy, the guy, the guy that hit the ball of all people. He, he oh, was the yeah. one that was. Uh, he he didn't actually complain about that much, but yeah, Aaron Boone and several other I mean, players did. Yeah, and the Major League Baseball is the one who had them open the roof to try to take away the Astros' home field advantage too, which is the, the best part about it. Uh, now Aaron Jones is a free agent. We'll see what happens. Uh, it. It's one of those things where I think the Yankees are stuck between a rock and a hard place because you would love to lock up the guy who just hit 62 home runs, but you're also nervous that you're going to end up giving him a monster contract and, and he'll be the next the, Miguel Cabrera, up, uh, Albert Pujols, you know, right. one of those guys who gets paid past 30 for what he did in his mid 20s. And, and, and then doesn't produce for, you know, for most of that contract, if not the entirety of it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. He's definitely going to be a hot commodity on the market. There are definitely going to be other teams bidding against the Yankees. And uh, I guess another thing, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are supposedly sticking around, which are just wild to me how Brian, those guys Brian continue Cashman to keep their job jobs. He, he's, he's, he spent like $5 billion and he get, he get his one World Series win and he doesn't get canned. Yeah. It, it's just, it's incredible to me how, uh, 
you know, every year <laughs> Yankees fans clamor to fire both those guys and every year they keep their jobs. So the uh, Astros are going to the World Series and Yankees haven't been since 2009. Astros opponent, the team that the Yankees played in 2009, the Philadelphia Phillies, first time in the World Series for the Phillies, or first time in the playoffs for the Phillies since 2011, barely get in as a six seed, last team in the field in the National League, and they go all the way to the World Series. And uh, I think that the biggest story right now when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies is the Bryce Harper redemption arc with his go ahead home run in the eighth inning. Yeah, that was that was to, definitely to a cool it. moment to see, you know, down three two and then hit that home run the bomb the eighth to give them the lead and then eventually the the clincher uh, to get them in the World Series. And I I think they're on a mission too. Like not just the Ashers but also the Phillies. You know, the way that they've been performing ever since they've made it to the playoffs. They've only lost one game and like yeah, they they've lost two games. They lost one game to Atlanta, one game to San Diego, which oh, didn't matter. Okay, Houston my, hasn't my lost a game. Yeah. Well, okay, but, two games, yeah. but yeah, still, I mean, they've been dominating. They're, they're winning. And yeah, they were only yeah. they only won eighty six games in the regular season, but they don't look they look way better than that record right now. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's all about getting hot at the right time when it comes to the baseball playoffs. And uh, I, I gotta say, as much as I don't love Philly sports fans, like they are the biggest reason why I'm like I love playoff baseball. Like no, I, I want to. I, I feel the exact same way. I, I said that last week. We're like, yeah, I hate I hate the Sixers and the Flyers and the Eagles and like by default, Philly's the probably the one team I I kind of like. But their their fans, they they do have passionate fans, even though they're ruthless. They they do have passionate fans, <laughs> and you know some of the games. I I'll admit, like I've been paying attention a little bit more because of how that's a real fan base. Like it, it is. Oh yeah. Some of the home runs uh-huh. that have happened with Hoskins and Harper. Yeah, Reese Hoskins has been awesome, and yeah, I mean, of course, they, they, the big one been, is Bryce Harper. But they've been going crazy, and I and I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's just a reminder that baseball still means something when your team is really good. And I know it's it's easy to kind of overlook the long grind of a 162-game season, slow pace of play, whatever, but it's fun when your team is in the playoffs. And I, like, I'm at the point where I'm convinced that the next time the Pirates play a home playoff game, whenever that is, I have no idea. Like, I want to be a part of it just because it's, it's just an atmosphere that's unlike any other. Cool. Yeah, when you play yeah. every single night, every game means something. Like, it's just... It's so cool. I still think there's a lot of issues with the game of baseball, but it it does it is kind of a reminder in the in the playoffs in moments like that. It's like you know what? It, it's not like a like a dead sport. Like there's definitely still some excitement uh, in the game when uh-huh. they're, when they're when they're playing real meaningful games and not the slow oh, grind yeah. of the regular season. Yeah, it's it's just unlike anything else. Just the transition from regular season to postseason, and I, I would, yeah, like I mean, it's, 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 it's been fun with, like, watching hockey, these playoffs because uh, hockey's kind of another thing. Well, it's not as long of a regular season, but the playoffs, like at least my opinion, Stanley Cup playoffs, like it's I I think it's as big of a jump from regular season to postseason in terms of excitement mm-hmm. as there is. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree for the most part. I think the one thing with baseball is the fact that they play every single night and it's like also shorter series to begin with. I think that it, it's a little different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hockey is like also, I've, I'm very much on the record that Stanley Cup playoffs are the best postseason in sports when you have a team to care about. So, um, but baseball is really not that far behind. It's very much unlike football, where it's you play one game and then you have a whole week before the next one. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I think that the uh, the Phillies are a very fun team. You know, Bryce Harper, they signed him to that huge thirteen year 
300 something million dollar contract for a reason this is is a huge mistake for them but like now this year nationals literally won the world series right away like that was ewing theory just left wins it all like that's such a bad look and but and the phillies continue to miss the playoffs even in the covid year where more than half the league got in they miss last year he's an mvp but they set the record for the or they they become the longest um missed playoffs drought in the national league and yeah i mean this is just this is why they brought on Bryce Harper. It took to year four, but him being the hero, it's like of all the guys, he's the one that you want the most up in that situation. And he delivers big time with that two run bomb. Bryce Harper's kind of a douche, but yeah, I, I'm, also, I will say I'm not a huge fan of him yeah, he, he, when it comes down to douche, it, but at the same time, like he, he's a fun baseball yeah, player. He's a, he's, it's, he's a, it's hard to, to deny that. He's definitely yeah. got a lot of talent. He's definitely fun to watch. So, yeah, and he steps up in big moments. That's something that we've we've seen from him a lot. And I think that this was, uh, I mean, he, he said after he hit it, I'm that dude, I'm that dude. And yeah, I think that that was uh, like it, it, totally true. He is that dude. I watched a, a video where they put like the money ball music behind it. And like, it was so cool. I, I was like, I got chills watching it. I did see that it. video. Yeah, that, that, was, yeah. that was pretty cool. Whoever did that edit. I think it was like uh-huh. a Phillies account that did it. Uh, it was yeah, a probably. Video, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. So now looking ahead to the World Series, I think Astros Phillies gonna be a fun one. Like you said, both these teams feel like they're on a mission, trying to prove something. And I'm so back and forth in terms of who I want to win this series. Like I, no, I, I, I can I'm come up with reasons easy. for both uh, of them. And I, I I'm going to the, you want the Phillies? Phillies? Yeah. yeah, and I, I think like I don't know. I'm, I'm. Part of it is the fact that the Astros just beat the Yankees that I want to keep riding with them. Trey Mancini getting him a World Series ring would be cool. But at, at the same time, I also think the Phillies are a fun team. And I don't love the Astros as much as I say I don't hate them. Like, they're you know they're still not a team that I would root for in most situations. So I, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I think it happens a lot in the World Series where I go in like, oh, I'd be fine with either of these teams winning. And I think it'll come down to the fans and just the way everything plays that's, out. That's but true, yeah. certainly hoping for a good series, at least. Like, something worth talking about and uh, some exciting moments because it's always fun when the World Series delivers with a, a great series, memorable one. I, I like this series a lot more. I, I know I know one of them was just in the World Series last year, but I, I like Phillies, Phillies Astros is definitely better than Braves Astros. I don't, I don't know. Just the, the, yeah, I think so. I agree with that. I think that, I mean, it's just like, like you na- have... Nationals, Philly, Nationals uh, Astros I liked a lot. Like That was a good series. That went seven games. It turned Oh, it turned out to be a really good yeah. series. Yeah, I think like with the whole Philly fan dynamic, the Astros cheating, everything, like I think there's a lot kind of going into it where it's like these things, these are polarizing teams in a lot of ways, which I think and adds a lot of players. intrigue to the series. Oh, yeah, with, for with, sure. With uh, Harper and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest Bregman guy either, and so... You know, Justin Verlander is someone Verlander's who kind of is back like, and forth. Yeah, he's I mean, he's probably going to win Cy Young after not pitching last season because yeah. of Tommy John surgery. So yeah, he's still a force. So yeah, there are definitely some yeah. polarizing players in the series. Yeah, so definitely looking forward to seeing how that plays out, and uh, we'll certainly talk about it whenever it's all said and done. Uh, for now, let's get ready to wrap up this episode with five questions. Halloween is coming up. We got the the weekend, going to be lots of uh, parties and celebrations throughout the country. And of course, the, the main holiday on Monday night. So we figured let's 
answer five questions kind of related to this time of year, you know, fall and Halloween in general. So uh, why don't you get started with question number one? All right. Question number one, uh, as big football fans, anything to do watching and attending games is our favorite part of this time of the year. But what are some of your other favorite things about the fall? Yeah, so I've been back and forth on whether or not I believe this would be a great top five because I think when uh, we immediately were considering this back in August before fall started, it was easy to be like, okay, well, going to football games, watching football on TV, tailgating, those would be the top things. But uh, as the season has played out, I've realized that there are a lot of other things that I really enjoy about this time of year. Weather is a big part of it. It's just more comfortable, especially in, in North Carolina. Uh, then the summer months, uh, you know, when I'm not in a pool, it's not great when it's 98 degrees with high humidity. So I love the fall weather when it's like 70s into the 60s. It's very comfortable to be outside. Great for running and exercise. I'm not dying when I go out. Uh, so that, that's definitely a big thing. Just really enjoying the outdoors. One thing that I've done a lot um, over my lifetime has been going hiking, going camping. And I think that's something I'm kind of starting to get into a little bit more. I actually went camping for the first time a few months or last month, a few weeks ago, really enjoyed myself, got to go on a nice little walk, uh, really cool scenery. So that's definitely a big thing. And then I guess just to wrap this up in terms of my favorite fall activities, pumpkin, just in general, not a big pumpkin patch guy, but I love drinking pumpkin coffee, pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks, big fan. And a uh, big fan of pumpkin beers, pumpkin ales, uh, just in general. Sam Adams Oktoberfest, one of my favorite, just like uh, Oktoberfest, Marzins. Uh, didn't really love pumpkin flavor things until a few years ago when I finally started to give it a try, and it's really grown on me. Uh, Peppermint Mocha is my favorite seasonal flavor still, but pumpkin is is not that far behind. So, yeah, definitely a fan of fall. Yeah, for, for me, more I... Than just football. You know, remember when we talked about like favorite seasons and I, I'm, I'm uh-huh. still always going to go winter is last, but I always flip flop oh, with, yeah. you know, spring, summer and fall. What I've realized with fall is that I, like, I, I'm, I don't care that much about weather, but during the fall, it's like, you know what? Fall weather is great because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like that in the spring, you know, it's, it's, you know, summer's approaching or, or in the spring, it's like. You know, we're we're getting past winter. Like the the yeah, it's, the it's better weather ups. is about to come. But yeah, at the same time, you know, spring it, it there is a lot of rain in the spring. Oh yeah, and and, and there are uh, times you where got like pollen and stuff. There are times like, in the early spring it's still kind of cold. Like where yeah, it's like it's annoying. Where it's like you know it's it's spring now. Like why is it still like forty? <laughs> like it it yeah. should be it should be warmer. But in the fall, it's like it's like what you just said, where it's not scorching hot like the summer. And it's we. There are several days where it's sixties and seventies. It's like, you know, this is nice. Uh, yeah, in, in New England, you get less than that, less of that than in North Carolina. But I mean, even then, when it's in like the fifties, you know, approaching into October, November, it's it's nice. It's nice to be able to wear long sleeves again and feel comfortable. Like I, I think that that's kind of my favorite attire. Yeah, and um, like you said, it, it's a summer clothes. So it's good to be outdoors and even like yeah, exercise because in the in the summer it's like scorching hot but in the winter it's like <laughs> yeah. freezing and you don't want to go out 
Oh, I know. But, Summer, I'm convincing that of, of a heat stroke. Winter, it's like I, I'm wearing so many layers, and but, it still but, doesn't help. <laughs> but the fall is like that perfect happy medium. So, yeah, yeah, like it's definitely the best time for football season. But like, like taking that part out, like yeah, just being outdoors in general, and if you can get any sort of exercise or, or do whatever activities, like it's great during this time of the year. Yeah, and I guess another thing, I also like corn mazes. I haven't done one in a few years, but. Um, as a kid, I would do corn mazes um, at least once a year whenever we went to uh, visit my uncle when he was living up in the Concord area. And in college, my fraternity would put on a philanthropy event. They called it Pumpkin Chunkin. And we'd kind of work with middle schoolers and high schoolers, put on this event where they'd build catapults. And they, they would launch balls. They're trying to launch them as far as they could. But the, the finale was we'd get them to launch pumpkins just for fun. I uh, always loved that part. And to get the pumpkins for free, we would just patronize the business. And their big thing was that they had a corn maze. So we'd always go up and get in groups in this big competition. Uh, I, w- I would always love to- going through corn mazes. So not a big apple picking guy, not a big pumpkin patch guy, but corn mazes are the one thing. Um, also, not a fan of haunted houses. Like We're going to kind of get into that. I get spooked very easily. I don't like horror things. So uh, that's not necessarily my favorite part of Halloween. <laughs> so... Uh, I guess let's move on to question number two. What are some of your favorite or least favorite Halloween memories? So when it comes to favorite, I I, I, I had friends uh, in like late elementary school that we would we would uh, go trick or treating and like one year it'd be my like my neighborhood. Next year it'd be another friend's neighborhood. And I liked I liked doing that a lot, like at that, you know, preteen age or like 9 10 11 year old range where like those are probably some of my favorite memories like dressing up and going trick-or-treating with several friends uh whoever's neighborhood it was uh those are great memories i remember having uh for halloween uh least favorite you would actually like this story (laughs) because uh oh boy so there was one year where it was uh there was one year the patriots were playing the steelers uh, on Halloween. Oh yeah, two thousand four. Yeah, two thousand four, yep. and I had a fever that that week, Ooh. that day. But I still wanted yeah. to go trick or treating, so I I was allowed to go trick or treating like a couple of streets or whatever. But but then but then go back home. Like I I didn't want to go out that long, but at the same time, I still wanted to go out. Yeah, yeah you still wanted to go. And You're a kid. Like it's the one coincidentally big thing you look forward to the time of year. Coincidentally, I dressed up as Tom Brady for Halloween. Oh, really? And okay. There were multiple houses that I went to when I got, you know, like said trick or treat and got candy. There are some adults that told me, "Hey, your guy's not playing too well right now." Like, yeah, yeah. Like just <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I hate uh, that I hate that Halloween where the thing where I was sick and there are and there are multiple houses that I went to where people are giving me crap about you know, the Patriots getting their ass kicked by Pittsburgh. So I hated that Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, I was going to start out with my least favorite memory, but my favorite memory was that same day. Yeah. No, I mean, I've had a lot of great <laughs> memories from just like trick or treating as a kid, going to Halloween parties as an adult, but October 31st, 2004. So that day, like you said, the Steelers played the Patriots. Patriots were unbeaten, 21 straight wins, I think an NFL record. And the Steelers 
were hosting them, jumped out to a huge lead. I think it was 21 nothing. It was 21-3 at the end of the first quarter. Pittsburgh ending, winning 34-20. to I mean, Tom Brady has not had many bad games against the Steelers, but that, that was, was the, the worst, worst of his one. career. <laughs> Even worse than last week's game against Tampa. And uh, this was four days after the Red Sox had just yep. won the World Series. And I, I had like really become a big fan of the Red Sox and baseball started to get into sports, but football was still growing on me. And at the time I hadn't really committed to a team. I actually would say that I was a Patriots fan, but I wasn't really a Patriots fan. I didn't care about the Patriots. And after getting home from trick or treating, my dad, you know, was celebrating the Steelers win and said, ha, you're a Patriots fan pointed at me and Red Sox just won the World Series. I was used to winning, and I instinctively said, "No, I'm a Steelers fan." And ever since that so day, that's, I've been so a that's fan of the when Steelers. you became a that Steelers was, fan. That was my origin yeah, story. My- yeah, I wasn't sure if I told that story before, but that was actually how I became a Steelers fan. And I know, told two Super I- Bowls in the next four years was a very good way to get things started. So. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, outside of that first year, but. Because the Patriots, yeah, the Patriots mean, beat the Steelers. Yeah. In the AFC that, that was game. that. Yeah, so I w- didn't hate the Patriots until that AFC Championship right. game, and then that that was that was the the whole origin. And there. I told you so. that the game I became a Patriots fan was the 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 very first Patriots game I ever watched was the the snow game versus versus Oakland in the playoffs. Oh, the, the uh, Tuck Roll yeah, game. Vinatieri, yeah. Tuck Roll, yeah, yeah. That was the very okay. first game I've watched. I watched. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Right. It was their first playoff game. You were six years old, so. And then what's your least favorite? Yeah, so so my least favorite, I think the the big thing that I come to, I mean, at this point, like, I, I'm sure there are times where I was just, like, scared senseless as a kid, and but it's like, whatever. The, the one thing, like, kind of a sad moment, my freshman year of college, it was my first Halloween, you know, I was away at school, still kind of struggling with things, and... I thought that I was going to have some sort of fun Halloween plans and I just didn't end up getting invited to do anything. So I just, it was a Thursday night and I just sat in my dorm by myself, like kind of sad. And, uh, the next semester I pledged a fraternity and made a, a ton of new friends and had a Halloween party every single year. But like, that's the the first thing that comes to mind is just, uh, you know, that, that sad moment, which like, I think it just goes to show I've had a lot of great Halloweens. Like the, that is it like the one year that I didn't really do anything for Halloween. Uh, because as a kid, I loved going trick or treating as an adult. I've loved going to parties. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the, the instinctual answer I have. And I, I do kind of have a bonus. So, um, a non-memory. So something that happened that I think is kind of fun, uh, to to laugh about thinking back on it but my senior year of college this is my first year dressing up as Guy Fieri and I drank a lot that night I I definitely blacked out and um one thing that I don't really remember um so I know I was very drunk and very exhausted and the people throwing the party put me to bed like I was staying the night there they said Corey go to bed go in that room so I said, okay. So I went to bed, just crawled into bed. And I was like, I think looking back on it, I think I knew that someone was in there, but I just assumed it was somebody that I knew because they put me to bed in this room. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like who who knows who this person is, but I'm just going to fall asleep. And uh, the next morning I wake up and I'm no longer in that room. I'm in my friend's bed and I'm like, what am I doing in here? And he tells me that apparently... I was in their roommate's 
bed with their roommate's girlfriend who I did not know. She didn't know me. They're like going to bed like the others in this house. They're like, hey, wait, where's Corey? And they found me in there and like, all right, no, we need to get him out of here. Don't remember any of this. Um, turns out that the the girlfriend's boyfriend was in another room with another girl. That That's a different story though. Um, so I was like, okay, this is the first thing that I wake up to. I'm like, ah, this is really weird. I don't like that. I've been on the other side of that situation before. Uh, not fun either way. But then, uh, you know, I'm very hungover. I go outside. I probably ended up throwing up a little and I remember pulling out my phone and I had a message from like 2 a.m. from Uber saying thanks for your ride (laughs) I'm like what do you mean thanks for my ride I'm still at the same place that I fell asleep where did I go and uh we had a football game that day so the party is Friday night football game Saturday I'm at the tailgate and I'm telling people this and I find out that apparently in my drunken state I told my friends that I would get them an Uber home and I don't know why I did this, but I called them the Uber and I, we go out there and it's like, oh, are you Corey? And it's like one of them said that they were Corey so that we could get into the car. This was before Uber was like really strict, like really enforce all their safety policies. Uh, but apparently as they were driving off, someone else who was also in a very you know inebriated state turned around, saw me standing there. I was like, hey, wait, why are we leaving Corey here? So I don't know what the the Uber driver's reaction was. I think he did end up taking them home. But that was just uh, one of those, I don't remember any of this. But uh, two, I feel like kind of entertaining stories there of the the, uh, time that I Ubered when I didn't actually Uber. All right. All right. So yeah. yeah, Question Question number three. What is the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you while you were alone? Yeah, so I'm sure that there are other things that I'm just not thinking of, but this was a question that I saw when I was Googling just Halloween icebreaker questions, and I wanted to go with this one because there was a time senior year of high school when I was technically not home alone, but I was in the living room alone while my brother and some of his friends were hanging out in the basement. And this was a Saturday night. I was just minding my own business, watching something on TV, maybe college football, maybe movie. I don't know what it was, but I was sitting close to the window in my parents' living room. And all of a sudden, I see a tree branch just knocking on my window. Like very much clearly somebody is doing that. I'm like, what? I I like freak out. Like I said, I'm easily spooked. I don't love scary things. And um, I instantly run downstairs and I tell... Uh, my brother's friends like something's going on just I'm hysterical in this situation not really processing it and I gave one of them a knife to go after whoever it was turns out it was our, our friend Kenny Cashman and our friend Franz trying to scare me and I sent one of my brother's unhinged friends with a knife to go chase after them <laughs> up the street so they went from playing a prank to actually in fear for their life uh, as they're running in the street trying to hide from this guy uh, so yeah that's I don't know if that was really the creepiest thing me being alone having that but I thought that was a, a fun excuse to come up with the story because that was very terrifying the moment it was creepy when you're home alone and all of a sudden someone's like outside the door like you think they're trying to hurt you uh even if deep down it makes sense to me to think oh this was literally just kenny and franz why would that have been anybody else i couldn't think of anything for this question like uh 
like I, I really couldn't like I, like the the best thing I could think of was like this happens this happened to me a couple of times and one of them was honestly a few weeks ago like one time I was trying to sleep and then all of a sudden you know I feel something on my neck and then like like what is that and then all of a sudden it got worse and worse like oh my god like there's actually like a spider like on on my neck oh geez yeah, yeah. like th- that was the best thing i could think of like i couldn't think of a like a story like yours i'm sure i'll think of one like, you know like tomorrow when it's already too late <laughs> yeah. like, oh i, I right. remember that's, this that's what always happens right yeah like i'm sure i'll think of a story you know at some point you know after mm-hmm. after today but uh that was the best thing i could think of is that that's happened to me a couple times where my spider was like, on my neck trying to sleep and i didn't realize yeah. it was until it got worse and worse. Like, all right, that, there's definitely something on my neck. And yeah, that's. I would hate that. Yeah, yeah, not a fan of spiders. <laughs> no, you know, to add on to that, uh, like, remember when last week or not last week, last year we did like top five biggest fears. One fear yeah. that came to mind for me, and you would be alone in this situation, is uh, being buried alive. That would be. Ooh, that, yeah. That would be, no, that would if be. If I were to change my list, that would be at the top for sure. Yeah. That that would be horrible. Uh, I think that there are a lot of like really awful ways to die that I don't want to think about. Yeah. <laughs> but like the yeah that that would certainly be up there. Like that that was one thing. As I like think back on that, I'm like there are a lot of fears that I probably could have gone with that are maybe a little bit of a stretch. Like I think I at least kept mine realistic to things that actually apply to my life for the most part. But yes, I agree that. Being buried alive would be, would be a would, horrible, horrible, horrible thing to happen. That would be on my list if we were to change that. <laughs> yeah, and no, and that's that's totally fair. All right, so question number four: We counted down our top five favorite candies in October 2019. What are some candies that you think are underrated or overrated? So a little different in terms of just overall favorite. So for underrated, I remember when my top five, I think my top three were Reese's, Kit Kat, and Twix. And I think Reese's and Kit Kat get all the love, but I don't think Twix gets nearly as much love as those three. And and Twix is the third on my list of those three, but I do, I do think it's underrated Twix. Uh, I definitely like yeah, and that, that's fair. Definitely, I mean, Reese's and Kit Kat. Yeah, are Reese's one and Kit Kat are like for one and two people, for a lot of people's like. lists, and which I agree with. But I, I do think Twix mm-hmm. deserves to be like up there, like be, like both behind those two. But I don't think it gets nearly the same love as those other two candies, and so that's. Yeah, so I love peanut butter Twix. Mm-hmm. Like that's one that I would put up there. I mean, I like Twix. I do. It's it's not my favorite chocolate caramel one, but I I do think that it is a very good one. So I think I think it's a good candidate here for underrated because it, it doesn't get the same kind of love as some of like Snickers. So, so another underrated. Can- You're gonna hate this one, but okay. an underrated one candy that I believe is underrated that you would see on overrated list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've never seen on underrated list, but you'd see it on every overrated list, and everyone hates this candy, but. I kind of I don't I don't want to say I love it, but I I like candy corn. I I don't. Oh, I hate candy corn. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. Like, because literally everyone uh, hates candy corn, and that's what like everyone thinks it's overrated. Like, no, it's actually underrated because everyone hates it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's one where I think you could really look at it both ways because it is all over the place. I don't really know what the actual numbers are, but I mean, I would be more likely to put on my overrated list. I think it's disgusting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, like that. Everyone hates candy corn, but I I think it's 
fine. Like I, I don't, I don't like. Oh, it's the best, but I, I, I like it. But, yeah, but everyone no, I, hates it. So that's I why. Not like that's what. That's why it's on my underrated list because literally everyone hates no, it. No, that, that's fair. I mean, compared to me, if you like it, it's underrated because I would certainly put it near the top of my least favorite. And uh, then. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Oh, you're, no, you go with your overrated. Oh, okay. Over. I hate Twizzlers. Hate. Twizzlers. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's terrible. I don't know why anyone likes it. It's disgusting. I think they're okay. I think. Yeah. So we just right. switched there for for for. Uh, candy yeah, I mean, I don't. Mix. I don't uh, love Twizzlers. Twizzlers. I so I love the pull and peel ones. I'm a big fan of those. But I agree. Like the regular plain one, I've kind of forced myself to eat them at times. I like them, but. I'm not going to say like they're an amazing candy. They would never come close to my top five, but they wouldn't make my bottom five. That's for sure. Uh, it, w- it would be number one with a bullet for me. Wow. As, like least okay. favorite. Like it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, some other ones. Sure. So, you know, the candy dots. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. The... I, don't, I don't, I don't hate dots, but like anytime you eat them, it's, it just gets stuck on your teeth and it's just yeah. so chewy. Uh, like, you have to like actually yank it out off your teeth to eat, yeah, or no, just swallow that's... it. Not even. Yeah, I mean, they're like a gumdrop that's just gummy. Uh, no, I I totally understand. I don't, I don't that. think I would have it on top five least favorite, but I I don't know. I think it's kind of overrated. That that's actually funny that you bring it up because that did kind of come to mind to me. <laughs> um, I was talking to this girl a while back who said that her favorite candy was dots, and at first I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then I like, she explained to me. I was like. Ugh. like why is that your favorite like what <laughs> <laughs> you know definitely a red flag um, yeah I, I don't know if i think th- i don't know if there are enough people that love dots to say they're overrated yeah, i, I just, think it's I, like not a i was just candy. looking at the images and like and i uh candy images and like oh uh, dots like yeah dots is not that great and then yeah you know hershey's i like hershey's but it's it's for me with when it comes to hershey's it has to go with something yeah i think it's very it's got, boring it's like a, it's like a great its s'mores s'mores oh but, yeah but it's not like like by itself like i don't want it by itself it's got to be with something yeah i agree uh i mentioned going camping not too long ago i got sent home with the hershey's chocolate bars for some reason and they mm-hmm. just sat on my counter for a month before i was like i'm just gonna throw this away yeah. i don't need to eat just plain chocolate like there's there's much better plain chocolate out there than a hershey's bar Another underrated one I I forgot to mention. Everyone loves Reese's peanut butter cups, right? Yeah. I don't think Reese's pieces get enough love though. Uh, I I like Reese's pieces a lot. Yeah, I think part of it is that <laughs> some people just don't want to say like, oh, all of my favorite candies are Reese's. But I agree, Reese's pieces are great and they do deserve some kind of love because they are different. Uh, you know, they're they're not just like some other form of chocolate and peanut butter in like a bar form. They're they're like a little M and M style, so yeah. So if I was only going to one, uh, one overrated though, yeah, Twizzlers number one with the yeah is the All worst. Right. No, that's me. that's fair. Uh, for underrated, the first things that immediately come to mind is anything with coconut mounds and almond joy. I can go uh, either way. Those, those are good. Some no, people good hate. For... Some people hate coconut. I love coconut coconut flavor or like actual coconut in those like very much up there for me in terms of like favorite candies and they i know a lot of people don't like them but uh there there are plenty that do and i think anyone who likes coconut is going to be a big fan of those too very simple just chocolate coconut maybe throw an almond in it make it a little healthy um you know what's funny yeah. i thought you're about to say uh overrated <laughs> oh no <laughs> then no, once no, i really he said underrated like oh yes. like oh, okay yeah like I, are... I don't care for almond joy it's whatever you're just not a coconut fan 
Yeah, like it's the coconut's fine. Like it's not. Yeah, which I mean, and that exactly. I think if people don't like coconut, I get it, but I I think that's what makes it. I don't. I don't. Is that so many people don't like them? I'm I'm I I lean towards not liking it, but I don't hate almond joy. Yeah, it's just whatever for me. Like th- yeah, another another one, Three Musketeers is kind of whatever as well. My yeah. mom loves Three Musketeers. Yeah, that so that was one. Like I I kind of ate that more than I probably would have just because of her, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just what chocolate and yeah, like it's just fine. nougat it's chocolate kind of like I don't even know how you describe what goes in it, but I I mean I agree. It's I think that Three Musketeers is just very like middle of the pack when it comes to popularity. Um, oh, neither overrated or underrated, and I will say overrated for me is anything that's sour, like also sour whether, patch kids. Yeah, sour patch kids. Like, like that's the first thing. I I just not a huge fan. I mean, they, I think that they're okay, but I think. Anyone who would put them like significantly high up on their list, like it's just not for me. I'm more of a chocolate guy. Um, I like, I like Skittles. Sour Patch Kids. Did I have Skittles it? Skittles is also five? one. You might have. I feel if like I someone did. did. It, it. I don't know if it was or not, but like it would be top ten for me. I like yeah, Sour Patch Kids. No, it's definitely not. I actually had Sour Patch Kids popcorn recently, mm-hmm. and it was so gross. Oh, that, I, well, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, but. it was disgusting. I uh, yeah, and then Skittles is another one where it's like I like Skittles. Give me M and M's over Skittles all the time. I, you know, I, oh, I disagree. I like Skittles more, but there are ones where I love the orange and purple one, grape ones, but like the other yeah. ones are kind of whatever. Which I know sounds kind of stupid, but what's I your do. favorite M M&M and M color? I don't like. I don't really like it. You know, at overrated M and M's. I don't like. I don't, all right, no, that's the, fair. Like it's, I don't like M and M's really. Um, so, just plain M and M's or like any flavor M and M's you like? Really, oh, I think yeah. peanut butter M and M's are amazing. Like those are my favorite. Big fan of peanut M and M's as well. I like the pretzel M and M's. I mean, I regular M and M's. I think I tried ones was actually yeah. Okay. Regular M and M's are kind of basic, but I think they just overall. I'm a huge fan of M and M's, but peanut butter is my favorite. I got one more. I, we've talked like about like 20 different candies, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one more. Like this is a question: Is this overrated or underrated? Uh, I like Mike and Ike's a lot. I would say that that's underrated because underrated? I don't okay, think Mike I, and Ike's I, are I very Mike popular. Like interesting the, the, i don't know if it was in my top i don't five. know if i really have an opinion on mike and ike's i don't know I guess if it was like, in my top five when we when we did that but i would i would put it like so like after reese's Kit Kat, and twix like i would yeah. probably have it like i top five. yeah i don't know every time I, I go to the movie theaters yeah I, I always go to the dollar store and i get that and i and i eat the whole box <laughs> yeah i guess my thing with gummies is i like them but i don't like eating them because i just feel like i'm destroying my teeth whenever i do and i'm like i don't know that they're good enough to justify that i guess that's the way that i look at most gummy candy um you know not necessarily i guess for me bad, is that I've, but... I've been really fortunate with my teeth and oh i, I never get cavities maybe it's because yeah, I, I don't I, eat gummies yeah often, and then but... I, I i do go to the movies like a decent amount but i, I much more it's been than I less do. like ever since the pandemic yeah like, yeah which of, makes like, sense oh, like every month it's not like every like few months or whatever yeah, my okay, go-to but, movie candy is uh, cookie dough bites, which, like, big fan of those. They're definitely not underrated or overrated. I think they're very much a, you eat these in a movie theater and any other time is weird. <laughs> Last question. Millions of children and adults throughout the country will be dressing up this weekend to celebrate Halloween. Will, will you be wearing any costumes? Of course I will be. I love wearing costumes. I love getting dressed up for Halloween. I have thrown a Halloween party the past couple of years, uh, thrown one again. And so one of the questions I initially had was, have you watched any horror movies this year? I have not. Cause like I said, I 
very scared, do not like horror movies, but I watched the first two like Scooby-Doo movies. So Scooby-Doo, <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2, Mossy is Unleashed. Uh, hadn't seen either of those in a very long time. They're both bad movies when it comes down to it, but I love the nostalgia. No, I, I really enjoyed watching them. Yeah, oh, I love Scooby-Doo. I've been a huge fan of Scooby-Doo ever since I was a little kid. Uh, I always hear this story about a time when I was like three or four years old. I was at my aunt's house, and I asked if I could stay up until Scooby-Doo was over, and she said, yes, that's fine, but go to bed as soon as it's over. Little did she know it was an all-night marathon, and my cousin came home at like 2 a.m. to be still up, still watching Scooby-Doo because it wasn't over yet. Um, but anyway, after watching those, I was like, man, I really want to go as mystery ink, get everyone together. And I'm like, naturally I'm blonde. I'll be Fred. So I bought a Fred costume. Don't know if I'm going to get anyone else to dress up. It might just be a solo Fred, no Shaggy, no Scooby, no Daphne, no Velma, but, um, that's going to be my costume for Friday night at my apartment and I'll just be home. I'm not going out on Friday, so it's not going to be as big of a deal. Not as many questions to, Oh, where's everyone else? Um, and then Saturday night, if I do end up going out and dressing up again, I'm probably just going to wear a magician outfit. Uh, that was my costume in 2019. I wore it that Saturday night last year. Um, just kind of was able to scramble together. I still had all the old pieces to it. Very basic costume, but it it does a job and it's kind of kind of fun to have a hat and a wand and a cape and everything so yeah i'm not dressing up uh just gonna watch monday night football <laughs> well what about over the weekend watch the world series yeah okay no, <laughs> this year fair. i'm like not really doing anything for halloween yeah no it, it's a fun holiday but it's it i get it it's a lot as well yeah so um all right i guess that will wrap this one up so uh we'll we'll have more football to talk about i think our next episode is probably going to be after the conclusion of the world series we'll see how that series ends up playing out whether it's a short one or a long one i think um could end as early as tuesday of next week would be game four and i think game seven would be sun saturday november 5th I'm looking right so. now. Game four is Tuesday, November 1st. And then f- five is the next day, but six is Friday. And then, yeah, and then game, game seven, seven if it went to that, it was a Saturday. Saturday the 5th. Okay, yeah. So we'll see. We'll either be back in a week or two. or you know, We'll figure it out. Whatever makes the most sense. Um, we'll be talking more football, more baseball, obviously, and more other stuff. So for my co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>